Makers of Sport Podcast, Episode 63, Halftime. Welcome to Makers of Sport Halftime, the shortened show on the off weeks of interviews where I discuss topics such as professionalism, entrepreneurship, and business to help you and your careers so that you can apply it to the sports industry. As human beings, relationships are vital to our well-being, even our physical health. It has been proven that a baby that is never held ends up having serious health issues. We have relationships with our families, with our friends, with our work colleagues, our clients. We even have relationships with brands and products. Think about your relationship with your iPhone or your favorite sneaker brand or with your favorite team. In today's halftime, we're focusing on human-to-human relationships, how to grow and cultivate them, and why they are important for the long life of our careers. Have you ever been to a used car lot and been hounded by a salesman, even though you're just trying to look around? How about getting a call from a telemarketer? Has that method of selling ever actually worked? I'm legitimately curious about that. Maybe, to, maybe it works with people that are afraid to say no. I feel like many times those are the people telemarketing vipers are actually targeting. What about those door-to-door vacuum or alarm salespeople? Oftentimes trained to not take no for an answer. To be as persistent as possible until they annoy someone into a yes. Just so that that person can get them out of their house. The same goes for gym membership salespeople. No, I don't want to sign up today. I just want to take a tour of your facilities. I want to see your equipment and maybe just get one quick workout in just to see how I feel in this place. Is this place the right gym for me? How do those types of sales strategies make you feel? Most likely very annoyed. But why do people in the creative industry specifically in sports, use these same methods to try and sell themselves or their work. I can't tell you how many times I've been tagged in some Instagram post or a tweet from some kid who's doing sports edits in hopes of getting me to retweet their work or even in some cases to hire them or to interview them on the show. How many of you have reached out to guests on this show immediately after the interviewee gives out their contact info? How many of you just immediately go right into emailing them on or hitting them up on Twitter, trying to pitch your portfolio and get freelance work from them or to get a job? Has it ever actually worked? My guess is no. These types of sales strategies are the equivalent of meeting a girl or guy and asking them to become your significant other on the same day that you meet them. We don't know each other. Why would we go into business together when I have literally no clue who you are? I'm speaking theoretically here, of course, but you get the point. 
Sociological studies have shown that we work around 90,000 hours in our lifetimes. We also spend roughly 40% of our waking hours at work. If that is the case, what makes you think that a cold, selfish email or even a Twitter pitch in some cases would work? Every week I get an email from someone telling me they'd be, quote, glad to come aboard the podcast and talk about their careers, end quote. The problem is I didn't ask them. They just want to use this platform that I spend so many hours working on to deliver you guys quality content and quality people so that they can self-promote, so that they can essentially be a one-hour ad to you. Now, I want to say there's definitely nothing wrong with self-promotion. We, we have to do self-promotion because if someone, typically you have to promote yourself because other people are just too busy either promoting themselves or too busy with their jobs. You just have to carefully consider the methods and how you go about doing it. I'm 32 years old. I've been out of high school for 15 years, and I've discovered that I'm just not the type of person that is comfortable with the hard sell or the, the whole used car, car salesman sell, if you will. Maybe it's just uh, my personality type. I'm an ENFP. I tend to be a little more introverted, even though you probably don't get that from the podcast. <laughs> uh, but I am here alone speaking into a mic, so maybe that's a, that's a key. I would much rather take as much time as it takes to get to know someone and have that person hire me based on their discovery of my intelligence, my personality, our ability to connect to one another, and then lastly, my work, rather than their inability to say no to my annoying persistence. Through 62 episodes of this podcast, one theme has been consistent, and it rings true for my own personal story as well. Our careers are about lasting connections and relationships. Each person interviewed on this show got to where they are because they met someone, developed a relationship, be that a, a person at a job or someone that recommended them or a client relationship, and they remained patient rather than annoying their way into a gig. This is why we must take time to get to know people that we want to develop relationships with and possibly eventually work for or with. Social media has definitely opened up new avenues for this, but oftentimes we become a little too hasty and we tend to move too quick. This can make things seem pretty awkward when you are cultivating a relationship and maybe you're not ready for that next step yet. You haven't met in person, you haven't had a Skype call, but you make a move on trying to get work. If the other person feels like they are being used and that you don't actually value them as a person, that they are essentially a meaningless rung on your ladder of success, then they won't want to help you out. You should take time to network and head to professional events. Strike up conversations with people that you're interested in. And don't just go to work the room. We've, we've all know, we all know the guy that kind of goes into the room just to hand out business cards, talks to somebody. You're in the middle of conversation, but he has to go because he's, he's spent his two minutes with you already. If you go and meet one person and you are deeply engaged in a really good conversation and you feel connection, stay with that person for as long as it takes. There will be other opportunities to meet the other people. 
if you find that you are ultimately interested in where they work and possibly getting some freelance work from them or even a job at their place of employment, you should never jump the gun resulting in a false start, if I may use a track and field analogy there. Many times developing these relationships are beneficial, even if work from that particular person or company never pans out. You are cultivating a long-standing reputation with that person, gaining their respect, their trust, and potentially a very valuable recommendation for something else along the line that may come up. Maybe it's a job that someone's recruiting them for that they just aren't interested in or the timing isn't right, so they think about you because they know that you're looking. Cultivating relationships like this can take years. When we are younger and perhaps fresh out of college or high school, we, we tend to see life in shorter increments. Four years of high school seemed like a really long time, more like sprints. But you, you must learn to realize that our careers are typically very long. An average person works somewhere between 40 and 50 years of their life. People that love what they do will even work much longer than that. A bit of a personal story, when I first started freelancing full-time back in 2006, I met a gentleman in my city that ran a web design agency, and at the time I had done very little web work. Uh, but the guy and myself went to lunch because it was the early days of Twitter, and we were kind of meeting people in the, in the tech space or similar niche of, of our, our careers in the Lexington, Kentucky area. And then one lunch turned into two lunches, which turned into dinners, which turned into drinks, which turned into our families meeting one another, which turned into a friendship. Eventually, this gentleman had grown his company to the point where he needed to hire a creative director as his current creative director, which was his partner and co-founder, was moving more into a COO role, more along the, the, corporate, the corporate level. He didn't even post that job online. He met with me, we had dinner together as usual, and he offered me a position with his company as a creative director at the end of the dinner. There was even a gentleman that saw that I got hired, went into the business and asked why he didn't get interviewed for the job. That's, that's a little um, over the top if you ask, ask me. Uh, I'm not sure that would ever work anywhere, but you know, they had to tell him, listen, we didn't post this online. We developed a relationship with Adam. We liked what he was doing. We'd been watching him and watching his career, uh, and we'd seen his growth in the interactive space. He had grown to trust me and he had grown to value my opinion. Now this led to a, an extremely well-paying job as a creative director of a, a web design shop and um, a stake in some of the design profits in the company. But if, I, if you go back to when we initially met, if I had jumped in and tried to get work from this person immediately, it may have, it may have just turned them off. But instead, I approached it because I was genuinely interested in this person. We didn't even talk about work as much. We, we are defined by more than our careers. That eventually led to work in the end. Now, I ended up working for this guy's company for around 15 months before deciding that I just love being independent. I love being an entrepreneur, and, and I wanted to scratch that itch again. Instead of burning a bridge, as most likely I would never work for this person's company again, not because of negative angles or anything like that, but just because I'm an entrepreneur, uh, we mutually discussed an exit strategy for me to leave. This person completely understood my need to scratch the entrepreneurial itch and as they were an entrepreneur themselves. This is a classic example of cultivating a relationship over time and not pulling the trigger too fast.
The majority of the people that I interview for this podcast are people that I am genuinely interested in developing a professional relationship with. Some of those have even turned into personal friendships. Of course, as a business-minded individual, I'm always thinking about how to make revenue and if it is possible to do work with one of these individuals or their companies or their teams. But it is not why I bring them on the show. And I think that you can probably hear that from our conversations as they are extremely transparent. I bring them on the show because I find something that they have done or that they have written or maybe we've struck up a, a discussion and, and I'm interested in them. I'm interested about their story. I want to hear their story. I want to go in depth with them. I want to learn about their personal methodologies and philosophies and mistakes. Uh, I want to learn, you know, I want to see how they do what they do and, and really kind of get behind why they do what they do. Because at the end of the day, those are the things that cannot be replicated. Anybody can design. Anybody can learn design. They can learn Photoshop. They can learn drop shadows. They can create social media graphics for a team. How many social media people are actually even making these things for ESPN or whoever, as opposed to designers? Anybody can learn those things. But what they can't replicate is who a person is. So that's why you should be interested in people in general. Now, I have been fortunate to work with some of my guests, and, and most of those were not from the initial podcast interview, but more of a, just a continuing relationship after the initial discussion. This podcast is really one big relationship-building project, me building my relationship with guests and then also building my relationship with you, the listeners. I've been able to connect to a lot of you and get to know some of your families and uh, you know, follow each other on Twitter and have interesting discussions and become Facebook friends and that type of thing. Even as we approach two years of the show, if I had yet to work with anyone that has been a guest, it wouldn't bother me. Simply because I know that I'm in this for the long haul. I'm, I'm in this to build long-standing relationships in a niche of business that I love. I'm in it to connect to people and to connect people. Virgin founder Richard Branson is at the top of the world when it comes to building relationships. The, the company Virgin from a, a brand perspective and even himself as a business person. In one of the recent articles on their Virgin Entrepreneur blog titled Eight Tips for Relationship Building in Business, writer Neil Fogarty offers many insights, but one in particular stands out to me as a metaphor for this podcast. He says, quote, before asking for something, offer something, end quote. Now, how often do you approach business and your relationships like that? It, well, many people tend to be me, me, me. It's about me. I want you to introduce me to this person. I want to get work from you. I want you to hire me. It's a very simple concept, but it's often overlooked by people trying to network in this noisy world. The gentleman writing this article even mentions that he gets emailed daily by strangers. And within the first sentence, they ask him to introduce them to Richard Branson. How completely arrogant for someone to expect another person to introduce them while asking for it in that sort of manner, like they're entitled. Being from the state of Kentucky, I live in an agrarian region. An old farmer's mantra is that when you plant a seed, you never know which ones are going to rise up and which ones aren't. But you plant them anyway, because if you don't, you know that none will rise up. This is actually a great metaphor for building and cultivating relationships. 
Continue planting seeds, continue investing in, and genuinely being interested in people. You never know which relationship will help you out in the long run. Do not connect to people selfishly or use people to get ahead. Invest in people, and it will all pay off in one way or another in this long marathon of our professional lives. And to add, once those relationship doorways are open, be sure to stay in touch. Write every once in a while just to see how things are going. Take them to coffee. Meet them for a drink. Invite them to your private Slack channel. You have to continue to feed the relationships you build or they will most likely disappear in the very busy lives that we all lead. Don't expect someone else to be the person to stay in touch. It may not be their personality, and they may be extremely busy with their day-to-day and their families. As a professional who wants to grow their career, you should take that step and be that leader. If you have any questions or comments for me on this topic or have suggestions for any other topics you'd like for me to, to discuss in these halftime episodes, then please feel free to email me at info at makersofsport.com. Speaking of email, be sure to sign up for the newsletter where I send out an email weekly called Weekend Reads. The newsletter includes articles, sports design or tech news, links that I find inspiring, or and especially my own articles that have really been sort of morphing into another one of these halftime episodes. You can sign up and support the podcast by going to makersofsport.com slash email. On next week's episode, Ben Osborne will be joining the podcast. Ben is the editor-in-chief of Slam Magazine, a long-standing basketball publication that has a bit of a hip-hop and fashion vibe to it. They really sort of pioneered the whole sneaker fashion, basketball fashion culture as they were created in the early 90s. Ben has been with the publication for 20 years uh, and nine as editor-in-chief. In addition to Slam, though, Ben has also been involved with a documentary, The Legend of Sweet Pea, uh, about the streetball, NYC streetball legend Lloyd Daniels, as well as a book called The Brooklyn Cyclones, Hardball Dreams, and the New Coney Island. To learn more about the magazine, if you aren't familiar with it, it actually has pretty nice design work, go to slamonline.com. As always, please like, rate, and write reviews of the show on iTunes. You can get there by going to makersofsport.com slash iTunes. I'll accept likes or ratings on Stitcher SoundCloud or whichever application is your preference. I recently actually discovered that reviews for other countries do not show up on my iTunes since I'm in the U.S. store. So I appreciate those of you that have taken the time to leave a review and have not been thanked for it in countries outside the U.S. Here's a review written quite a while ago by a New Zealand iTunes user, Robert Miller. Robert writes, super inspirational and not just for those interested in the niche of sports design. Adam does an excellent job with both the interview and the halftime episodes. After each episode, I come away feeling deeply inspired. Greetings from New Zealand and keep up the great work. Robert, I apologize it took so long to discover your review. I really appreciate you taking the time to write. And also, thank you for taking the time to listen from New Zealand. I hope to bring you some more content specific to your region pretty soon, as I'm hoping to get in and interview some of the All Black staff. As for the rest of you, please take some time to leave a review and share the show. If you want to leave a review on iTunes, you can get there by going to makersofsport.com slash iTunes. If you don't have an iTunes account, then you can share, like, write reviews of the show on Stitcher, SoundCloud, or wherever happens to be convenient for you when you listen to the podcast.
One quick announcement. This is most likely going to be the last public halftime episode. I know many of you get value from these and you appreciate them, but these are actually going to move behind the official Makers of Sport community paywall, which will be launching soon. The interviews will always be public and they'll always be free. However, the community is going to be launching soon and uh, it's in progress. And uh, I know that I've said that for many, many months, but we've made some real, real progress on this thing. And uh, we're hoping to get that launched soon. It will include a Slack channel for people to network and chat. It will, of course, include the halftime episodes as those will no longer be public. Uh, it will include live Q&As with future guests and past guests and Google Hangouts once per month. And it will also include hoping to eventually live stream some episodes. So uh, there's definitely going to be some benefits to joining that community. And you guys know that this podcast is 100% listener supported. It's not advertising supported. So joining the podcast will allow me to join. I'm sorry, joining the community will allow me to purchase better equipment, get some of the software that I can stream some of these things and really just uh, be able to put more time into bringing you guys content on a consistent basis and and continue bringing quality content and maybe even do some interesting things like travel and do some more on-site things or even video. If you follow on Twitter um, at Makers of Sport or sign up for the newsletter, makersofsport.com slash email, the community will definitely be announced there when it launches. Lastly, please follow me ask questions or say hello to me on Twitter and like the Facebook page at facebook.com slash makers of sport. I'm at T Adam Martin on Twitter. The show is at makers of sport until next time. Have a good week. Mm-hmm.